Well, hello, White Sox fans. How are you guys doing tonight? Hope you guys are doing well. No playoff baseball tonight as the last game of the Guardians and Yankees has been postponed. So we won't get to uh, rejoice in either one of those or both of those teams losing, which I would personally prefer. But, uh, you know, that's uh, neither here nor there. My name is Ian Eskridge. This is a, another episode of White Sox Daily Live. I'm here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? Uh, you know, I'm uh, with you. You know, uh, postponing tonight's game is neither here nor there to me. Uh, I, I can't. I can't justify rooting for either one of those teams in the uh, ALDS. And, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm doing okay. Got put through the ringer at work this last week or so. feel like that's coming on again. But, uh, you know, we got some uh, White Sox baseball news, sort of, to uh, talk about tonight. So, you know, after this disappointing season, I will uh, take some uh, – I'll, I'll take some some. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Some optimism. Yeah, I guess that's that's probably a good way to put it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, the hurt and the pain from this past season, put it behind me, and look forward to uh, 2023. So, how about you, man? How's things going? Yeah, busy weekend. Uh, back to work. Um, kind of just. From the from a distance, watching this uh, playoff, you know the different playoff series, and uh, that's pretty much about it. You know, I mean, there's uh, minimal rooting interests. Um, I got one. You know, I I'll just I'll basically put it out there. Um, me and my my kid uh, watched Bryce Harper. You know, because my kid liked, likes Bryce Harper a lot. So he kind of became a, uh, a household favorite over here. And, uh, you know, we were obviously rooting for him to come to the White Sox. But uh, you know how that goes. They decided to not make an offer. and uh, Or, you know, if it's to be believed, they made him a super lowball offer. Um you know, whether or not that's true or not, I don't know. But regardless, he is not here. And uh, so I am, uh, man, it's it's tough to say, but um, I'm rooting for a team from Philly, which I would never, <laughs> would never have said, uh, you know, three <laughs> years ago. So Yeah, you know, uh, they've got some great fans down there, too, let me tell you. Uh Get a history of uh, doing some uh, less than savory things as a fandom there in Philadelphia. But, uh, you know, whatever. Kudos to them. Uh, I'm with you. I wish uh, Bryce Harper could have been uh, residing at least parts of his summer here on the south side of Chicago. Um, You know, it would have filled in a big gap that we've been talking about for what seems like a century now. You know, um, and yeah, I mean, uh, we could get into uh, how that may or may not have happened all we want. You know, you you already brought it up that maybe there was an offer, maybe there wasn't. There's rumors that there was some sort of offer that uh, was out there, maybe not the greatest of offers. But uh, yeah, instead, uh, we have tried a revolving door of has-beens and rookies who are not outfielders at all and uh you know to the dismay of the white Sox front office none of it seemed to have worked so shocking yeah kudos to uh philadelphia and uh making that thing happen over there yeah shockingly the parade of seven million dollar players that have been signed has not produced uh anything more than two playoff wins so uh at least we got that going for us. Right. In the contention window. Um, <laughs> yeah, so pretty much just been uh watching a you know, a little bit of playoff baseball, not a ton because 
you know, I don't have any huge rooting interest per se. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, yeah, so I figured we'd talk about uh, talk a, lot, a little bit about the playoff series. Um, it's the National League has been real interesting. The American League, yeah. much less so. Uh, I feel. Yeah, I have a friend who has uh, kind of coined his own hashtag for this uh, for this postseason, especially in the National League, and uh, that hashtag he's been using is "Embrace the Chaos." Yeah, I mean, it's fairly accurate. I mean the the Dodgers and the Braves both out of it. Um, you know, you got your last two World Series winners gone. So, yeah, pretty interesting. Um, I did not see the 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 uh, Dodgers losing, but I'll be honest with you, I didn't see either one of those teams losing or being out as early as they they were. Yeah, uh, both of them were built in ways that most of us would say uh, would put them deep into the postseason and. Uh, you know, this new playoff format has uh, paid off dividends for some uh, interesting uh, October baseball, for sure. So, Yeah. Pusher Robot says anybody but cheat in Houston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not uh, – I will not disagree there. Um, I'm good with uh, – I'd be good with Houston losing. Although, I mean, the alternatives at this point for a White Sox fan are the Yankees, who we hate, and then the Guardians who we hate. Although <laughs> the you know that that conversation has gotten weird. You've got a bunch of White Sox fans who are now rooting for the Guardians for a, whatever a myriad reason. of weird reasons, you know, because they beat the White Sox and they want to see the White Sox get their noses rubbed in it. So, uh apparently the Guardians going and winning it all is going to make us feel better because Rick Hahn's gonna look silly. I I don't I don't really get it, but um, <laughs> that that seems to be you know, a, a a thing. The funny takeaway that I that I get from this is the same people who want to claim that Jerry Reinsdorf is cheap are throwing it out there that the Guardians have put together an eighty two million dollar payroll this season and uh, essentially making the White Sox look worse and worse with every game the Guardians play. And uh, I don't understand what your point is in this uh, general train of thought. You know, do you want Jerry to spend more money or do you want him to go back to an $80 million payroll and think that you can do the exact same thing the Guardians have done this offseason? Or, I'm sorry, postseason. But it's comical to, you know, to say the very least, to see some of these takes yeah, out there. It's, it's uh-huh. bizarre. I mean, <laughs> the, I'm sure that – have you seen the graphic that's been going around this week that the uh, out of the top 10 payroll teams, nine of them made the playoffs, and the one who didn't is, of course, the White Sox with the sixth highest payroll. Uh, the, the issue that I have with this narrative is that we have been saying for quite a while that they spent the money badly. Right. And that just because their payroll's high doesn't mean that they spent the money correctly. And, uh, you know, I mean, yes, you could say Jerry's not cheap because you look at the overall number. But the problem is, is that uh, – and and somebody quantified it in a way that I hadn't before that made me go, yeah, that's that's it, is that if you look at – the yes, the overall payroll number for this year is high, but the thing is, is that if you look at the longevity of the contracts, that the period of that payroll is very, very short because he doesn't commit to any of the top players. So therefore, that payroll doesn't stretch out over a long period of time. It is centered in a very short window of time, and then as soon as you know. I mean, I, pretty much as soon as you're, all these bullpen guys that you signed to get that payroll up that high, uh, as soon as they're done, which are usually, uh, I think they're like all, they're all two and three year contracts. 
except for Liam Hendricks, if he's traded, I think he gets a four-year automatic vested next, you know, fourth year on his contract. Um, I think pretty much that everybody is a two-year or three-year contract. So more or less, you know, there is there is only a very very short period of time where he's got this payroll, and it's been mentioned many places that generally after the White Sox spend a lot of money one year, the next year they generally trim off like thirty or forty thousand dollars off of that. So are we uh, looking at? I think you mean millions, thirty or forty million. Did I say thousand? You did, but that's okay. all right. Yes, millions. I was thinking in uh, <laughs> sane person monetary amounts. Um, yeah, so they they're going to trim off like thirty thousand or thirty million or forty million <laughs> off of that wow. off of that number. So I mean, are we looking at going back to a hundred and forty, hundred and fifty million dollar payroll this season? Because if so, uh, it's quite possible. If that happens, we are in for a. Uh, a very disappointing offseason, which I'm already, <laughs> you know, we've already talked about this, so I am completely, up for that, baby. I'm, I'm braced <laughs> to, I, I'm braced to see a weak showing Shield in thing. the free agent market. Embrace the suck. Mm. <laughs> oh, rebuild be damned. Here we go again. Yeah. I, it's that's kind of the feeling you get after this whole debacle this last couple of seasons. It's it's been ever since, and you know, I don't want to beat the TLR drum too too much tonight, but you know, again, that's the kind of the turning point where everything seemed to sour on us really quickly here, and uh, that might have been the nail in the coffin for this rebuild because uh, you know, like you said. Payroll went up, but it went up in ways that uh, none of us really were calling for. None of us were hoping for. And uh, the uh, play in the field went down and backwards. And the bats just never really came around. And now here we are. And, I mean, at the very least, if you want to remain competitive in this Central Division, maybe not a rebuild's in order, but there's definitely a retooling in order for sure. You may you might be able to keep the core of this team together at least to some extent. But there's no way you're going to be able to remain competitive without pulling a rabbit out of your hat so to say if you're Rick Hahn and uh you know without uh without the monetary constraints being removed. Uh good luck. <laughs> But you mentioned it, and I, I'm sorry that I kind of I, I jumped in on you were making a point here. But you know, uh, you brought up Bryce Harper, and I felt like maybe you know when you started talking about these uh, these moves that maybe this is where you're heading. And I was kind of hoping that's where you're heading. We're gonna get there uh, eventually. The okay, I just want to know if that's the road you were going down because I, I will leave that to you. This is uh, quite an interesting conversation, to say yeah. the least. I mean, it's been a popular topic on social media, the White Sox Twitter, the uh, last 24, 48 hours that the NLCS will be containing a few of the White Sox free agent quote-unquote pursuits, uh, how much weight you want to put into the reality of said pursuits. Uh on the Phillies, you have Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler. Um, and then there are also rumored, you know, targets as uh, Castellanos and Schwarber are there as well. And, uh, you know, on the Padres, of course, you know, you have one uh, Manfred Machado over there. I don't know if that's his actual name or not, but... Um, Manny Machado is over there, and uh, they will be doing battle for the National League crown to represent the National League in the World Series this year. Um, and I find it quite odd that two teams that have gone out and spent money on top players 
they happen to be going to play for the World Series. Now, I know that you could say, well, so did the Dodgers. So did uh, – who else do you want to throw in there? Uh, the Braves have a – you know, I mean, their their payroll is kind of middle of the road because they've got all their younger players locked up. Uh, but they let right. Freddie Freeman walk to the Dodgers. And he extended his season by exactly four hours by signing with the Dodgers instead of the Braves. Um, yeah, and then the you know basically every team that's in the top payrolls is in the playoffs except for the White Sox. Um, and like the the common factor there is that they all have bigger free agents, superstar players, if you will. And uh, yes, difference makers. Yeah, people that uh, are worth more than if you take five guys who make six million dollars together, the kind of war that they're going to generate. This one person generally is outweighing all of these people combined. Yeah, especially when those guys are you know bullpen pitchers that you're throwing money at and uh you know uh utility players that shouldn't have you know the third or fourth most at bats on your roster and is you know what i'm saying uh yes i'm talking about you leary if you're out there i'm sorry bud but uh you know you you're a role player your cheeks should have been you should have been used as such unfortunately you were not uh you know kendall graveman Sure, we thought that was a decent signing when it happened. We thought, you know, this is an organization that uh, breeds bullpen pitching fairly well, and did we really need to go out and spend that money? But, you know, we weren't exactly upset to have Kendall Graveman on this team. Unfortunately, uh, he was not the Kendall Graveman we were expecting. And he you was got, okay. You, it wasn't yeah, bad. Yeah, you know, wasn't terrible. But, you know, again, that money could have been spent elsewhere. It could have been. Could have been spent, I, my spent my main problem with that. Joe is, Kelly was uh, hurt when you signed him. Could yep. have been spent elsewhere. That's a Tony Larusa you know, decision, right there. All these. Well, yeah, absolutely. But the point is, is all of these guys that that got paid in the past, you know, two seasons or so. Besides, and and you and I talked about this before stream, and we've talked about this in in other conversations. You know, besides Lance Lynn and. Uh, a one Mr. Liam Hendricks, you know, a lot, most of the moves that have been made the last couple of years, I uh, really have not panned out. You know, those two guys have given you some productive numbers, but aside from that, you take all the other money that's been spent and you kind of think, well, $30 million to Bryce Harper, 30 million a year to Bryce Harper. Doesn't sound so bad right about now. <laughs> it just doesn't. Yeah. But yeah, what's actually uh, producing results? See, that's the, that's right. the thing that I, the problem that I have with the with the Graveman <laughs> signing is that I don't have a problem with the Graveman signing necessarily. In a vacuum, each one of those moves I don't have a problem with. Um, but the the issue being that clearly the TLR thing wasn't working as far as uh, motivational. So the fact that you have all these bullpen guys, but you couldn't get a lead to save your life through pretty much the entire year. So you've got all these right. bullpen guys that are protecting leads that are non-existent, which is an issue. Um, and, well, and the thing is, is you know, we're talking about bullpen, but when we opened up this year, and you and I were, you know, kind of uh, talking throughout the lockout about positions of need. And, you know, the, the Sox lack of interest or movement at all before the lockout when things got a little crazy and it just seemed like they were sitting on their hands. Uh, you know, they just don't – it doesn't seem like there's any sense of urgency to be in this window of competitiveness and still want to – you know, they don't they don't want to fill these positions of need. We've been talking about second base and, and – right field for so long and there's just no there, there was just no sense of urgency at all to, to fill those spots we're going to give you josh harrison and we're going to stick with the two guys 
who are first basemen, who are homegrown talent in the organization, uh, we're going to stick them out right field. Who, by the way, were among, you know, in the bottom three is in outfielders the season before. Yeah. So, you know, it just it doesn't make sense to me. And again, like I said, you know, the White Sox are an organization that just pumps out relief pitcher after relief pitcher after relief pitcher. Now, whether or not those guys stay uh, as good as they come out, normally they come out firing. And then, you know, some of those guys take a step or two back. Some of them take a step or two forward. But I just feel like there was uh, there was much better ways to spend that money. We've talked about this over and over again. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, well, I mean, they get a taste of their medicine this postseason because, you know, out of the 10 teams that were in the top payroll, all of them were in the playoffs except for the White Sox, and they were number six out of 10. So it's not like they were number 10. They spent a bunch of money, spent it badly, supplanted it badly with the choice for manager. And, uh, yeah, they, you know, Jerry has to sit with that and just say, hey, I, you know, I, I have to imagine that he's just like, Man, we look really stupid right now. You know? And I, you know, per our conversation, the whole, uh, you know, the White Sox have problems that you just can't throw money at. Well, yeah, I would mm. say that that's, that's, that is actually true now that I think about it. A hundred percent, they have, they have huge problems that money, you can't just throw money at, like their owner. Huge problem. Nothing you can do until he decides to sell the team. So, yeah, that's a huge problem. You can't just throw money at that unless, you know, say you're, uh, you know, worth $40 billion or something. You want to throw $2 billion, $3 billion at him, whatever. The franchise is valued at at this point. I don't even, I don't even know at this point. I guess it's probably around $2 billion or so. You know, so maybe, hey, if, if there's a billionaire out there listening, go ahead and throw $5 billion at Jerry. I'm sure that he'll... Uh, convince the shareholders to sell to you and then you can spend copious amounts of money on this White Sox team a la uh, Cohen in New York which you know I got a bone to pick about this thing is that I saw numerous posts this week on social media different forms of social media about how stupid the Mets were for spending all that money and what I could say is that yes there was some stupidity there, and it was I, – I personally, my my thought on it is that Buck Showalter screwed up by trying to get cute and not sh- not starting to grom in that first game, which put them in a hole. So, you know, they've got this, this roster, which, you know, a bunch of it's turning over, but they got – they won 100 – they won 102 games or something this year. So I would hardly classify their season as a f- utter failure. I certainly would not put it anywhere in close parallel to the White Sox because they didn't even make the playoffs. So there's right. that. I don't know if you saw this earlier, by the way. Uh, you know, a fan of the show and uh, a regular uh, a regular Twitch uh, appearance here uh, on our show in the chat, uh, Mr. Bosey uh, made a post and it was a would you rather type of post. And it was one of those things where you would you, you, you so you did say that, so I'm judging by yeah. your reaction. You know, would you rather make the postseason 14 of the last 15 years and, and win of 111 games this year and, you know, get knocked out in the wildcard series or the, the AL, uh, you know, DS? And, you know, in those 14 or 15 years, would you only want to walk away with one championship, one World Series, but make the, you know, the uh, ALCS and the, and the World Series, uh, you know, a couple of times in that? Or would you rather have the sixth highest payroll in baseball and go through a long rebuild process and average out to about 500 over the last, you know, five seasons or however far back it goes, whatever. And, you know, this is kind of directed at what people are talking about with the Dodgers. And 
you know, would you rather the White Sox be like the Dodgers organization or would you rather be mired in mediocrity? And I would have to say that I would rather be in the Dodgers situation. Now, granted, you would like to see more as an organization when you're doing the things that they're doing and spending the money that they're spending. But I can pretty much tell you right now, their ownership group over there has got to be pretty happy with the results because uh, they sell merchandise like crazy. They fill their stadium, game in and game out. They've got a lot going on over there. And you know what? All those uh, playoff appearances keeps fans engaged, keeps fans happy, and brings in all the TV money for their uh, ownership group as well. So I don't know. You tell me. What do you, What would you rather be? Yeah, I mean, what basically the, 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 the choices were more or less, do you want to be the Mariners? Or do you want to be the Dodgers? You know, assuming that the Mariners win a World Series here, you know, within the next couple of years, is that do you want to be consistently in the conversation for World Series, winning a hundred games every year, and in you know, say in the next ten years or whatever, they only win one World Series. The other option was, do you want to win one World Series in those ten years, but only go to the playoffs twice? And, you know, I mean, any sane fan would say, as as Rick Hahn said, we would like continued success. Correct. And, you know, try and make it to a few World Series and go to the playoffs every year. That's what they're shooting for and failing miserably. I mean, you know, of course the, there there are issues with – Injuries and, uh, you know, just bad luck and stuff. Like, I, I get that, but that's not what this was. Is it bad luck, though? Is it bad luck when you look at you look at the, the staffing issues that have been brought up? Uh, you know, the analytics staff. I don't have uh, an answer for that. I don't have an answer for as, as far as health goes. I don't goes, know that it is bad luck. I, I, don't, I don't have an answer for the health. No, I mean, you know, we can't put a finger on anything. It seems obvious that you would say the training staff. It does seem weird. Re- it, it seems it, it would say there. Well, let's just say this. There are factors that point at some changes needing to be made somewhere. You know, the White Sox saw a run of success in the fact that they were not uh, bitten by the injury bug. Over and over and over again. There was a long time there with Herm Schneider at the helm of the training staff where the White Sox were extremely lucky in that department. I wish they would have been a little more successful during his run, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, they were definitely healthier. And then Herm Schneider goes away and the chaos ensues and injury on top of injury on top of injury. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is bad luck, but it just kind of what we know as fans, what we're being. Uh, allowed to see uh, kind of seems like there's something that points at the organization itself and saying, hey, you guys must be doing something wrong. Yeah, there's definitely um, an issue there, you know, but I mean, I can't say whether even if we had a better training staff or, you know, if we had had normal seasons, normal off seasons the last two years, which we have not. Um, would we still have had those problems? And I can't, I can't, I can't answer that for certain. I do say, yes, it does seem a little bit weird, and seems like there is probably some blame to go around for both sides, the players and the organization. But you know, at the end of the day, <coughs> who really knows? All I'm saying is that yes, obviously, I would prefer to see this team winning consistently and going to the playoffs consistently, even if we only win one world series, that's more than none. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> you know? Right. 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 And you know, I, I gotta, you, there are those folks out there that like to, you know, that are not white Sox fans or even some Sox fans are saying, you know, quit living in 2005. Well, I'd love to quit living in 2005, but really it's all I've got to hang on to right now. And if you want to try to sell me the, hey, well, the White Sox made the postseason in back-to-back season for the first time in franchise history, you can shove that where the sun don't shine because uh, we saw the results of those two postseasons, one of them being from a 60-game season, which, I mean, does that even really count? I, you know, I guess it does. In the, in, the, in the record books, it counts, but 
Dodgers got a I mean, World Series on. ring out of it. I mean, regardless of how many games it was and what kind of season it was, it really doesn't matter. They've got right. a World Series trophy. Right. So, And I'm sure that they were thrilled right. about it when they won it. So Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Would I have complained if the White Sox won the World Series after a 60-game season? Absolutely not. Nope, you take I would have been hooting and hollering it up with everybody else. Yeah, you take that as a win. It is what it is, you know. Everybody was playing that series, you know, that playing that sixty-game season. Whoever, you know, the Dodgers won it. They won that sixty-game season. That's all they can do is play the games that are in front of them. And it wasn't the players' right. fault that there was only sixty games. Major League Baseball kept on pushing and pushing and pushing until it was too late to have a full season. Until it was too late to have a hundred games, and then finally, you know, they've finally signed a deal when it was 60 games you know the whole thing was absurd yeah. but anyway some people might even say that was done on purpose but we won't yeah. get into that yeah 100 <laughs> percent um so yeah i don't know it's been a it's been an interesting little playoff uh you know some interesting bracket stuff going on and it's been it's been interesting to watch from afar and uh you know interesting to see who's getting bumped out and one thing that's been going on lately, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but uh, one thing that's come out in the last couple of days, especially due to the fact of the teams that got relieved of their season, is the playoff format. And the length of the series that have been, uh, that the playoff series have been so far. So you had three and a five, and, uh, you know, you're, you know, a bunch of, Top seeds are getting bumped early, you know, and I mean, regardless of, you know, how they had to fight to get where they got to make it into the playoffs and whether they were spent after that to try and get into the playoffs, you know, the the question is, after the full season, is three games too short a series to, you know, I mean, basically you're going through the entire, you're going through this marathon of a season 162 games and then if you wear out through those 162 games but you amass a fantastic record a la the the Mets you know they went over 100 games and uh you know they end up uh getting beat by the Braves in the last se- uh last series of the year and so they end up becoming the or the next to last season, uh, next to last series of the season. They end up losing to the Braves, and that bumps them into the wild card series where they're playing the Padres. And the Padres have been pretty hot as of late. Uh, their their pitching's finally started to come around after uh, you know several months. You know Snell's back to pitching well, and Darvish has looked good for a couple of months here. So. They come and they have to play the Padres, and then they get smoked and they get knocked out. And so Mets fans are not happy. You know, Dodgers fans are now not happy because you know they lost in five, and uh, you know, boohoo. You know, isn't that the modus operandi for for the Mets though? You know, make it to the playoffs, fall on your face. I mean, isn't that what they've been doing for like the last fifteen, twenty years? Every time they make it, they just they want to blame their pitching or they want to blame this or that or whatever. They just can't seem to get over the hump. Yeah, it's a different team, different owner. You know? Yeah, it happened. But, you know, and like I said, I think Showalter was kind of bla- kind of to blame there with uh, trying to get too cute with oh, his I, uh, pitching rotation. But even still. I definitely you know? don't disagree with that at all. I don't disagree with you there because th- that's ridiculous. You, you, you should send your best guy out there to give yourself the best uh, – opportunity to jump ahead and he did not do that yeah 100 percent. i mean and i'm sure he'll be questioned for that for many years to come yeah i'm sure he'll hear about it um are you fine with the uh with the playoff format the way it is or do you think well, that they should make all of them uh a five game series and then seven game series i think i'm okay with the wild card being a five game series just because i don't want to see I don't want to see, you know, the World Series at Christmas time. You know what I mean? Like Fair enough. Thanksgiving. Well, if you shorten if we're the season in, by a few games. Well, then we can revisit that. 
which, you know, I'm not necessarily against shortening the season either. 162 games is a long, long haul. Even, you know, for us as fans, it's a long haul. For these guys that are got to go out there and play, and they're, you know, they're playing 17, 18 games without a day off. And then they finally do get a day off, and it's a travel day. And, you know, it's got to be a long haul for them. And then we've got this additional round of playoffs that we're, we're tooling around with here now. Uh, I, I would be okay with shortening the season a little bit. But as things stand, that first round, I'm okay with being five games, the wild card round. Yeah, we if, get it, the, if it was five, that'd be great. But Yeah, but the division series being five games is something that I don't agree with. I Like you say, you know, you get these teams to come in there, they make it through the first round of the playoffs, and now you're basically going to wipe out all the work that they did in three wins. You know, uh, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't sit well with me. I think if, uh, you know, all these teams were good enough to be in the position to make it to the second round of the playoffs, or if you know, you got a team that got a first round by, you know, waiting for the wild card to play, and now you're into the second round, this is supposed to be the cream of the crop. And I want to see them battle it out. I don't want to see one team take it, you know, in three or four games. You know what I mean? Yep, I totally. Yeah, I, I would rather see a seven-game series. I'm with you. <coughs> um, you know, yeah. So, uh, White Sox managerial search. The White Sox are reported oh. to have met with uh, uh, Griefel and uh, with. Uh, I'm blanking on his name, uh, Joe Espada from Houston. Um, if things can be, be believed uh, from, I can't remember if it was John Heyman or Morosi, one of the, one of those guys, but uh, said that both of those guys have impressed in their interviews. Now, what that means, I don't know. What entire, you know, what exactly they're impressed with. Uh, I mean, uh, we know that uh, Griefel, at least for quite a few years here, has been in Kansas City, and they've been pretty terrible. You know, he was there for the uh, for right. World Series, but he was, you know, just starting off there. Um, so there's not really a whole lot of winning culture there, but I'm sure that they probably got some interesting information from him about uh, how he would, ha- you know, how they're how they're being attacked by other teams. And uh, at least got some interesting information there. Um, I did hear uh, snippets of a Joe Espada interview that was done. Um, And I could see how it seems to me he is very well, uh, very well spoken and eloquent when speaking. And I could see how if you were to interview this guy, he'd have you ready to run through a brick wall. I could I could see okay. that for sure. Um, now, whether or not they think, oh, yeah, sorry. what's up? Yeah, go ahead. No, I just wanted to ask: Do you not find it strange at all that Joe Espada is interviewing pretty much for all you know currently five uh, major league managerial open positions? Do you think it's just a little strange that he's out there interviewing right now while the Astros are? Uh, in full postseason swing here. Does that not strike you as a little strange, you know, burning the candle at both ends a little bit there? I mean, I get these interviews, you know, probably not a huge, huge ordeal, but, you know, traveling to and from different ball clubs while... They're doing it via uh, via the internet, so it's it's an online interview, apparently. Okay, all right. So they don't have to travel. I, now, Griefel, I don't know about, but the Espada thing was done online because he <clears throat> interviewed for... Uh, Bless you. Hold on one second. He interviewed for Florida and the White Sox in the same day. So it okay. was it was, it right, was all so online. Yeah, all online. So, not you know, there's no flying around. You know, this isn't the... Uh, pre-covid days so there's not uh, a whole lot of travel involved but you know it it's kind of one of those things where you wonder like uh 
how much of the you know how much of his attention can be paid to one or the other and it seems like that's kind of weird but then you go out and you know you watch the Astros go out and just absolutely smoke people so clearly he's not having much yeah, of a negative no effect. effect yeah so <laughs> right um, i just thought i found it interesting i feel like you're dividing your attention a little bit and that's you know one of those things that makes me curious but uh you know Again, like you said, in the in the day and age of uh, internet, especially post COVID, where uh, Zoom became a, a huge thing and Skype, you know, blew up even more, and all these uh, video meeting services. Here we are on Twitch right now. Hi. You know, when you've got things like this, uh, I guess it makes a little more sense to be able to do that kind of thing. But again, you know, uh, you are still kind of dividing your time between uh, two separate ventures. And uh, I don't know, it's just uh, eh, something that uh, it doesn't seem uh, pertinent to uh, your most pressing issues and needs at the moment. Well, I will say this. Uh, me and my wife had a conversation yesterday because we got emails about our our boys uh parent teacher conferences and they want us to come into the school do you believe the nerve of these people wanting us to go into the school i was like man (laughs) google meets is fine i don't need to go there i don't need to go hang out with these people just let's just talk on let's just talk on google meets i'd be perfectly fine with that the nerve i gotta go into this place where these kids drool and sneeze all over their desks yeah, can I, I? You gonna bring some wipes with you? I might have when to you go? bring one of my retractable hand sanitizer. You know, <laughs> <laughs> on the keychain there. Woo! Yeah. Um. So now, uh, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if you saw James Fox tweeted the other day that uh, now with the Braves being done with their playoff run, could we see a manager hire within the next week or so? Um. I don't know if that's gonna happen. Um, I assume oh, that Ronnie you know, Washington. Yeah, I assume Ron Washington's going to be one of them. Um, I'm sure that there's uh, there's somebody somebody else that I'm forgetting about. Uh, I can't think of off the top of my head, but um, as it's uh, the Braves bench coach, maybe that's who I'm thinking of. Um, whose name is escaping me at the moment. Um, but I mean. Of course, it's escaping me too. Yeah, we'll we'll see what the you know what what's happening here within the next couple of weeks. I wouldn't be shocked if more or less as soon as the World Series is over, that within two days there's a there's an announcement of who's being hired. In fact, I wouldn't even be hundred percent shocked if it happened before the World Series was over. If they found the guy that they want. And they're locked in on this guy. I would 100% not be surprised if they announced it beforehand. Um, I know that uh, our our guy Dan Victor is not exactly super stoked on the idea of Ron Washington just because he's uh, an old guy. But I will say this: you know, there is a difference between the crypt keeper. <laughs> you know, like like that that kind of a that kind oh, okay. of a, a physical, um, you know, like just the, the 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 physicality of a person. There's a difference between the crypt keeper, and then there's a difference between that and somebody who's a little bit more spry. You know, like Mr. Miyagi. You know, Mr. Hey, Miyagi was right. you know he was hopping around in his seventies and you know, doing scissor kicks into people's faces when he was 70. There's a difference between the two. And I I think that there is a fairly large difference in between the physical condition of Tony La Russa and the physical condition of Ron Washington. Ron Washington's still doing drill work with all of his infielders. He's still out on the field and doing things. And Tony La Russa, you watch him walk around and you hear his bones creaking from the third row. 
you know? You know, not to mention that uh, Tony La Russa stepped away from the dugout for nearly a decade, and Ron Washington has been there nonstop. Whether or not he has taken a demotion, obviously, from a uh, managerial position that he had in, in Texas, which, uh, you know, he did have some success with uh, some less than desirable uh, starting rotations. He, he made some things work pretty well. Uh but yeah, you know he's you know he's he's stepped down and, and taken bench coaching roles and third base coach roles, but he's there. He's been there. He's never stepped away like Tony did. Yep, it's a big and, difference. And you know, I I will say this: judging by the personnel moves that were made in the front offices that Tony Larusa was in, and seeing that there were some definite, obvious personnel moves that were made to appease Tony Larusa while he was here. It's no wonder the teams that he's been working for really haven't been doing a whole lot. I mean, I guess the Red Sox didn't w- did win the World Series in 2018, but I would say that it probably didn't have a whole lot to do with him. Maybe a little bit on bullpen, bullpen construction, maybe, possibly, but I don't know. I know that there was a uh, there was a trade that was made in uh, Arizona where they traded for the wrong guy because he put the wrong guy's name on the trade paperwork. So there is that. Um, but uh, yeah, in the Dave Stewart times. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. You, know we'll you, you look at you know you look at the Angels and the time that he spent there and how Angels fans feel like, uh, you know, they've had the best player in baseball on their team for some time now, and they can't get either the talent or the uh, heart and fire to get this best player in baseball to the pinnacle. Or, or it, They're lucky to make the postseason most of the time, you know, uh, and Tony LaRusso was part of that front office for a while as well. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy who had 438 at bats this year and hit 40 home runs. Right. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, he's hitting home runs on almost 10 percent of his at bats. Insanity. Right. And they can't make the playoffs, even with Shohei Otani. Holy cow! Yeah, last year's MVP uh, on his way to possibly another one possibly this year. We'll back see to how back, that. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. You know, there, uh, Aaron Judge might have something to say about that, but uh, if it were up to me, I think I would give it to Shohei again. Personally, you know, Aaron Judge has done some pretty big things with the bat, but you know, Shohei does it with the bat and on the mound. Yeah, he's he's you know could be in Cy Young talks as well as MVP talks. So, yeah, I don't know how I how I feel about that. Well, I know you could probably separate the two. A lot of fans would say you could separate. Well, there's the MVP, and then there's the Cy Young. Yeah. You know, should he get both, or should he even be in the conversation for both? And yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot of discussion about that. But yeah, see, that's the thing. It's, it's a that matter he's of opinion. Really amazing at both, but he's not number one in either. Right. That's that's which well, is why I think MVP is. is probably more of a. I honestly feel like MVP is probably better suited for him than Cy Young because he's not the number one pitcher, but MVP stands for most valuable player. It doesn't matter what position it is, most valuable player, and you know there are a lot of teams that you could put him on, and he would be the best player on that team. No, hundred percent, but. How valuable can you be? I mean, what? So you're not in last place. You're only in fourth place. Yeah, right. I, maybe, maybe. You, and you the only reason that is, cast around them. yeah, the only reason that they didn't finish in last place is because the A's are terrible and sold off every single one of their players. Yeah, well, that's true. But you know, you could also put Aaron Judge uh, on the Reds. And uh, do they make the postseason with his bat in the lineup? No. Right. Yeah. So no. I no, I agree, but they've got Mike Trout, and they spent money. True. You know, it's not like they didn't spend money True. on people. It's just that they spent money and it didn't work. And now Artie Marino's trying to sell the team. So <laughs> whatever. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, yeah, I mean, 
realistically, we're looking at a pretty uneventful, uneventful week here. Um, yeah, other than other than watching uh, a little bit of playoff baseball and hearing a couple of rumors here and there, it's pretty much uh, pretty much dead air season. While we wait for the actual season to be finished here, and I can't believe that we didn't even get to talk to talk about one playoff game this year. I mean, I can believe it after watching the team, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like, I can't believe right. that we're even having this conversation right now. Without and the White having, Sox are not really a part of it. Yeah, yeah with with without even having a a playoff game this year, it's it's just uh, in the middle of the uh, quote unquote contention window yeah utter disappointment yep so uh utter failure 100 percent. that's right i said it failure yeah yeah it's like uh it's like rick Hahn says it's binary either you win or you don't and they did not so it is a failure and i can say that because they you know like i would even say that getting to the playoffs would at least be a win because you know, like like has been said, you know, just like with the with the Dodgers and the Mets and all that, is that there can only really there can only be one team that's going to win the World Series. So there's going to be tw- you know twenty nine losers. So you know the fact that if we had made it to the playoffs and lost in the first series again, I mean, granted, would I like? more than one playoff win in a series. Yes, absolutely. But I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, count it as an utter failure if they got bumped in the first round again, if at least they were competitive and the team that they were playing happened to be the, you know, the team that ultimately ends up winning the world series. Unfortunately, uh, we will never know what that is. So, yeah, you know, my thing is, is, Playoffs or not this year, the road to the playoffs had the Sox somehow pulled something together in the last two weeks of the season to make the playoffs. I don't, and 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 they were to get bumped in the first round, like you're talking about. I don't know if I would have felt, yeah, okay, I would have felt better than I do now. Just saying that, but yeah. At that same time, does that uh, force a Tony Larusa retirement? Maybe, maybe not. But the reality is, is this was a hard team to watch. It was. It was throughout brutal. the course of the season. So playoffs or not, I don't know if I feel any better about it because I, it was really, really, really difficult to be entertained by this. There were times when I just wanted to turn it off and not come back to it for weeks on end. And being the Sox fan that I am, I couldn't do that. You know, it was like that train wreck. You see it coming and you can't pull your eyes away from it. You know it's going to be ugly. You know it's going to be gruesome, but you can't seem to pull your face away from it. And uh, that's pretty much how I sum up this season. Uh, so even if they had made the playoffs and got knocked out in the first round, I don't know how much better I would have felt about the the end result. Well, I mean, after watching this season, yeah. But I mean, saying that if if in a a utopia, you know, where where they just happened to have a pretty decent year and they got bumped in the first round of the playoffs. You know, whatever. And also, if they had made the playoffs and making a run, just like you suggested, Tony Larusa wasn't there, and it was pretty clear that there was that there was a difference in attitude as soon as he took over. So, uh, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, I know that once they they lost that game to Cleveland, that it was uh, you know they lost that oh, that uh, extra innings game to Cleveland. Once that happened, the rest of the season, I don't pay any attention to it. Because at that point, everybody is pretty much mentally checked out because they're like, well, no matter what we do, there's nothing that is going to make a difference. You know, so like that part, I I don't pay really a whole lot of attention to. But um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have at least, you know, said it was an outright failure if at least they had gotten to the playoffs. But like I said, doesn't matter because that didn't happen. So yeah, we're we're splitting hairs over something that. uh didn't occur, man. Uh, man, I, my fingers are crossed next year, but I really got to, you know, to be able to get back into uh, feeling good about this team, I'm going to have to see something. It, it, I'm in a, more than ever, I'm going to prove it to me kind of mode. You got to show me something. Otherwise, I'm not, 
you know, I got guys, I got a group that I go to opening day with almost every year. I have been doing it for, I don't even know how many years, countless years. And, uh, of course, the season wasn't even over yet. And he's reaching out to me. And he's telling me that our ticket agent is reaching out to us. <laughs> and I basically wanted to tell him, you tell that ticket agent to uh, do some profane things to himself. Because uh, I- I'm not buying anything until I see how the offseason goes. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, you can't can't, you can't blame the the poor poor ticket associate. No, and I don't blame him. I'm just saying, you know, you're not giving I mean, me my money can. until I see something. <laughs> you could if you wanted to, but I mean, it's not realistically his fault um, or her fault. Um, yeah. So, anywho, uh, yeah, I call it for the uh, for the week. Nice quick hour. Talked about the. Uh, Things that were pretty much important. Oh, one thing I didn't mention. Uh, Jose Breu. Yeah. Future Cub. Oh, that's what they're saying. That's would what you, they're saying. Oh, uh, Bruce Levine. Would you be upset if he, was a, if he was a Cub next year? No. I, would I be happy about it? No. Would I be upset? No. Jose, Jose Breu. If he still feels like he's got something to offer to the game of baseball, by all means, he's got to go out there and do what's best for him. Uh, as a Sox fan, I would much rather not ever see him in Cubby Blue, but I couldn't blame the guy. You know, well, here's it's a not question: like It's not like the White Sox are trading him; he's a free agent. Oh, right. So if he's a free agent, his number one priority is probably going to be winning, not a paycheck. So if right. he's looking to win, why would he go to the north side? Just a reasonable question, I feel. Seems like it's kind of – there's no reason for him to go there. If he wants to be on a team that could finish at 500, he could just stay right on the south side if he wanted to. You know, I would assume that he'd probably want to be looking for more than that. Now, that all depends, I guess, on what the Cubs plan on doing in the offseason as well. I guess, yeah, if they spend a bunch of money and get a bunch of free agents, yeah, possibly. Um, oh, one other interesting uh, note is uh, Carlos Correa has made it known that he is going to decline the option with the Twins for next season, which is shocking to exactly nobody. Um, yeah, right. They gave him a first-year opt-out. Yeah. I mean, it was, anybody who thought he wasn't going to take that as soon as you saw that contract offer, uh, I hate to break it to you, but you haven't been paying attention to baseball at all. Yeah, there so. is there was no way they were going to uh, continue on with that relationship. I I didn't think, and it turns out you know I was right. And I will tell you what, um, if you go and uh, look on Twitter, there was a uh, little bit from uh, Carlos Correa where he's doing like uh, in studio analysis for uh, FS1, I believe. Um, And his bit of analysis on uh, the mentality of hitters and the stats and, uh, you know, just basically going through. If if you're not an analytics person and you want to know what's going on as far as analytics related to how players are playing these days, you should go and hunt that hunt that little section down, uh, that little nugget of Carlos Correa analysis. There, uh, it is well worth watching. Um, other than that, I think that's pretty much about all the uh, important stuff. There's not really a whole lot of anything else going on. There hasn't been any. Uh, none of the White Sox minor league guys have. Uh, you know, I, I haven't seen it yet about any of them uh, dipping out and. Uh, becoming free agents or voluntarily retiring or anything. So there's not any, although I did see that the uh, giants did release your mean. So he's available again. Hey, yeah, he's not coming back here. That's for sure. No. After watching his, uh, his, his dancing video after getting released by the white Sox and signing with the giants, I don't think he'll ever come back here. No. Um, so, Yeah. Um, at Daily White Sox on Twitter, whitesoxdaily.substack.com to see the journalistic pieces that are uh, being churned out by uh, Logan Hard and Dan Victor as of late. 
Uh, again, the uh, really nice piece by Dan Victor on the uh, Andy Barquette results um, as the minor league hitting coordinator for the White Sox, uh, which certainly seems to be paying dividends. Cubs pusher says Cubs didn't do so bad towards the end of the season. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. That's that's what all bad teams do is they always do well, you know, in September to give everybody hope, you know, and that uh, those guys that come up from the minors give everybody that little boost to, to push them up over the top in September. Um, unfortunately, when you're already, you know, 20 games below 500 or whatever it was that they was they, they were, that's uh, pretty much what happens. Um, is that you look halfway decent for that last month and a half. So you're like, oh, well, that'll certainly transfer to next year, right? No, that's not how mm-hmm. this works. But if they sign a bunch of free agents, you know, you never know. Um, yeah, so uh, anywho, uh, at Eskridge on Twitter is where you can find me. At Danny Miller WSD is where you can find Mr. The Danny Miller here. Uh, my name is Ian Eskridge. For my co-host, the Danny Miller, this has been White Sox Daily Live. You guys have a great week. We will talk to you guys next week, Monday at 9. All right, thanks. Have a good night.